Hey everybody, welcome to the Dan and Aaron Lycorama. I'm Aaron, I think, and you are whom again? I'm I'm Aaron. Also Aaron, right. Two Aarons. Welcome to the Aaron and Aaron Lycorama, where there are two <laughs> Aarons and no Dans. Um, oh no. Right. Uh, three Aarons. All my hard work, up in smoke. Me Aaron, you Aaron, another Aaron to the left, and then yeah. there's the Aaron that just came in. So the four Aaron like a Rama, Aaron, 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 and Aaron, attorneys at law. Music! <laughs> Dan, I'd so, like yeah, to I... start today with a prayer. About, about that blowing out the mics, uh, yeah. that might be the cause. Oh, yes, the theme music. Perhaps we should uh, scale it down a bit. Nah! <laughs> There's your problem. There's your problem right there. All right. I'd like to start this morning with a, uh, a prayer. Um, Please do. All right. I this insist. Is a, this is a time-honored prayer that has its roots in classic American farming culture, uh, but uh, that in our house, we find it to be incredibly applicable to modern society. So I hope you'll... Uh, out there in podcast land, uh, we used to say radio land, but uh, God knows when you're listening to this. If you want to get the perfect experience, uh, set it up so that you're listening to this at some point in the morning. Um, please bow your heads, uh, close your eyes, uh, take a moment, don't hit your head on the way down. And now the prayer. Dear corporate fathers who fart in office buildings, hallowed be thy name. Who the hell came up with the idea of waking up this early? <laughs> I really wish we'd disconnect ourselves from the archaic trope of setting setting our schedule to match an agrarian labor routine. My God, I wish I was in bed. Amen. 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 So, having now gotten prayer, yeah, having gotten that bullshit out of the way, what do you want to talk about today? Ah, <sighs> that prayer did me well. It. It brings a really brings a new meaning to the word halitosis. Mm -hmm. So now it means a kind of crab. Yeah, I was actually working on that halitosis all morning. Um, I've got my uh, my, you got my your scraper. Yep, and I got my uh, my coffee, and I, I went ahead and mixed the coffee with a uh, the appropriate mixture of coffee to um, uh, um, seasoned grounds from uh, outside. I used the uh, the, the potting oh, mix. Oh, from the actual ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used I used potting mix and garden soil. Uh, and Good. Yeah, that gives you that 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 blend of halitosis that keeps people at least four to five feet away. I love it. Get, make sure Good. that you maintain your own personal distance. Is it is it fortified with uh, uh, pupae and larva? It is. It is, and also with peat Minerals. moss. Um, oh, peat I know. How is peat? Um, doing well, you know, after leaving the doors, um, he's, uh, uh, gone on to have a nice career as a farming substrate. So good. I'm, Excellent. I'm, Glad to hear he's doing well. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite, we're all quite proud of him, uh, except for that one guy, but the rest of us are yeah, all quite I'm proud not. of him. Yeah. I'm not at all. Well, yeah, there, there's you. I know that you've never been a big fan of Mr. Moss's career. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Is my the my least favorite of the uh, of the Mister Man books. Is yes, Mister Moss. Right, right, yeah. 
just lies around all day waiting for plants to grow on him. Um, today we're going to talk about liminal spaces and abandoned buildings in America. And this episode is going to be kind of sort of disjointed just because we didn't do any fucking preparation for it. Well, um, isn't that the uh, isn't that the uh, the nature of liminal spaces? They're a little disjointed. That is true, and and they they really have been forgotten in terms of uh, uh, preparing them for you know some sort of visual you know making sure that they're presentable, um, which is a, a lot of what we did for this episode. Uh, oh, forgot yeah, yeah. and realized that it was coming up on us late, so we just kind of half-ass something. Um, yeah. Welcome to the Dan and Aaron Insider Studio Production Facility, where we give away the deepest secrets of how we prepare the show. What do you want to do today? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What's cool? Uh, hey. <laughs> yeah, go uh, ahead. Speak, speaking of today, yes. uh, we're recording this on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yes, we are. Uh, so, you know, happy. Uh, it would have been his 200th birthday today. And uh, uh, we uh, we both did the traditional celebration of MLK by uh, putting on blackface and posting lots of videos. Oh God um, damn it, Dan! And all, so you know, I'm a I'm definitely a good white today. Oh my god! I did a good job. Oh my god! Oh my god! I cannot. Uh, what? I'm going to give that one to you. I, I, Good. What's wrong? Nothing. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. I know nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. That was yeah. That was you did very good. Of course you did very good. You're, you are yeah. You're one of the good ones, Dan. You are one of the. Good I am. Ones. I am the goodest of the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well. You got old, you got old Fletch there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh man. All right. All right. Uh, moving right along. No, it's, um, it's it's a tribute. <laughs> it's an homage. You can't cancel me over a tribute, you guys. Right, right. It's a tribute. God, it reminds me of um that that made me recall with horrible nightmare brain, like essentially beating me up on the way all the way to completing the thought. Uh, the fact that our mutual colleague, um, who is uh, doing some news reporting on the January 6th folks, um, mentioned that some of the January 6th insurrectionists, when they are on trial, are quoting MLK in defense <laughs> of their actions. What yeah. are you? No! You don't get to have that! Oh my god. Oh! Anyway, um, having gotten that out of my mouth... Um, I'm sorry. What I I went deaf. That which is good. Uh, there, there's nothing to think about in the past 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> liminal spaces um, and abandoned liminal stuff. spaces. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one of the things that I so you run into this down there in Richmond. I run into this a lot um, in Northern Virginia. Um, one of the things that is happening right now is um, the 2020s, where it's the year is 2023. Um, there is, we are in a very big transitionary period in the United States in terms of the way that retail is done, in the way that goods are procured. Um, 
you and I. Yeah, it's and, all and, from space now. Yeah, exactly. It's fabricated using the 3D printers that float above us uh, that are only accessible via the space elevators and shipped yeah. down to us via rocket pod delivery. Cannon. Exactly. Yeah, Cannoned to yep. our uh, crash pads on our lawns. Yep, exactly. Orbital drop cannons containing mm-hmm. giant cargo containers bringing nothing but uh, 3D printed furniture. Um, no, it, it's... Um, and I mean, sure, the 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 hippies say that it's a terrible waste of resources, you know, having to use up the all the materials and the heat shield and everything just to send a bag of potato chips when I could go down to the store and buy one. But, you know, I mean, isn't that what liberty is about? That's uh, true. Pretty That's- sure... Here on MLK Day, I'm pretty sure what he was really fighting for was yeah. convenience. Yeah, that's true. I think that was his message, was yeah. uh, the right to get stuff from space at the click of a button. Yeah. And let's be honest, uh, with uh, enough uh, strategically placed uh, um, reentry locations for those little drop cannons, at a certain point, you won't have to hear from the hippies at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two birds, one stone. Or yeah. more accurately, two birds, one giant orbital drop cannon that launches uh, pods of varying size, some of which contain 3D printed furniture. Stones. And stones. Yeah. Or as I like to say, two birds, what's a bird? Um, a bird is a listening device manufactured mm, by the Department no. of Defense. No. Oh, that. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Um, that's a fun uh, conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why you're saying conspiracy theory. It's absolutely Oh, I'm true. sorry. Conspiracy fact. Truth. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, speaking I guess truth it's a to law? power here. Yeah. Once it's, once it's proven, it's a law. That's right. It sits amongst the I law of uh, thermodynamics and um, Murphy's Law as immutable, oh, no, it's the, irrefutable the, truths. The the law is like the math equation, and then the theory is the explanation of it. Like that's, that's why gravity is a law, right? But there's also a theory of it. That's true. And then when you yes. apply the law, that's when it's the long arm of the law. Right. Yeah, you yeah, have to reach out a, really far in order to apply yeah. a law to modern physical situations, and that's where you have to use long arms to do it. That's the long. Yeah, arm and of that's the law. what Fantastic Four is about. That's right. Mr. Fantastic, he's just applying Long law. arms yeah. and science and theories. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and rock people played by Michael Chiklis. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. I, took, I had to think for a second. Yeah, Admittedly, yeah, yeah. though, he was, I think he was the best thing. He did such a good job. I don't remember. Oh, okay. I like the the two Fantastic Four films where he was in them. Like, they weren't terrible. Where they fought the clouds. Um, <laughs> where they fought big purple clouds at the end. I think so. God, I cannot remember. Yeah. It was all a blur. yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be Galactus, and it was like oh, that's oh no, right. it's a big yeah. purple cloud. The rise of the Silver Surfer, and it's yeah, that's right, that's right. And it's haha, yeah. maybe sort of Galactus, but not really. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know it. You know, twenty-five-year-old CGI. Yeah, I did you think it was. You cool can't be that, too mad at it. 
I did think it was cool that um, they did show um, Celestials hanging out at the um, the Haven of the Gods in Thor: Love and Thunder. I thought that was kind of cool. oh yeah. After in after introducing them in Eternals, they're just peeking in at um, freaking yeah. Zeus and everybody else. They're like, oh hey guys, I'm we're here too. We're now part of the camp. Are you? Uh... <laughs> Are you uh, up on your current Marvel stuff at your local comic book store? I'm up on all the Marvel Cinematic and Disney Plus shit, but I'm not up on Marvel comic stuff. But oh, whatever you tell me, it's not going to spoil big, it. The big 2022 event is AXE, Avengers, X-Men, Eternals. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's cool. And uh, it's Do they all use body around... spray? Yeah, it's all about body. Uh, it's X. all about... Uh, uh, it, deodorant uh, yeah yeah axe body spray right and they all spray it on themselves and then they defeat the uh the celestials which is yeah yeah, know, yeah yeah through the power of aerosol particulate matter that's right by the way this episode is brought to you by axe body spray men do you smell like a fart cover yourself with Not axe yet. body spray and then you you'll could smell, yeah you'll smell like a fart even worse axe body Hooray. spray for if you want to smell like a fart Thanks. Now I feel manly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, the the AXE event um, centers around a celestial that uh, pops up and is like, "Hey, everybody, I'm crappy," and everyone has to deal <laughs> with it, and it's it's very complicated. Hi, crappy. <laughs> yeah, they all go, "Hi, crappy. I'm dad," and yeah, then he exactly. falls over dead. Right, right. Because <laughs> you can't spell dead. Without D-A-D. Yeah, he flops. It's, uh, he does the upside-down flop. Yeah, yeah, plop. Um, he, plop, he his yeah, legs. that's what it is. Only his legs appear, and mm -hmm. he falls off panel. Yeah, Right. Plop! Um, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Um, I love that. That's yeah. what... Uh, hey, uh, one listener, when I was in college and we had <laughs> bands play at my house, we had a band called Plop, and we named our house the Plop House because yeah. of uh, that... Um, that phenomenon in corny old comics. Yeah. That, uh, those were the specifically, days. Uh, yeah, my roommate had one. It was from, I don't know, somewhere in South America. It's called a Condorito del Oro, the golden, the little golden condor. Mm. And that was, that was the punchline of every single strip. Yeah. Every single one ended with someone falling off panel and their feet are up in the air and it says yeah. plop it was the the it was like we, we couldn't never really saw read. it coming yeah you couldn't really read what was going on in the comic but you could tell that a punchline had been delivered and the response yeah. to the punchline was always the legs up in the air plop yeah love yeah it. i was like let's see the something of the something yeah yeah um uh oh yeah buildings buildings in liminal spaces so i'm gonna i'm gonna right, do because my liminal space is where they put all the liminal space cannons that shoot things down onto uh the liminal surface of the liminal earth that's true um covered in linoleum and aluminium yeah, yeah. i was so annoyed when i found out that um the british don't they're not mispronouncing aluminium. They're not mispronouncing aluminum. They yeah. spell it differently, too. What? No. They left an I? Yeah. No, they have an extra, I don't know, an extra I or an extra U or something in there. Mm. 
Well, yeah, they spell it differently than we do. So that's why there's an extra consonant. I think they appropriated that extra I after all that colonization. Uh, that I probably started in, you know, uh, uh, the, the Dutch Netherlands and then, you know, was brought to yeah. England uh, as a spoil of war. And they just haven't well, given whenever it back. They, they, it's it's an old English uh, custom. Whenever they went to a new country, they went, mm, my, mm-hmm. my country. Yep. And, hmm, uh, I. It be, it's, you know, it's like how Napple became Apple. Right. Um, you just separate one letter and then you get I. Anyway, yeah. uh, that is a true fact. That is, yep. So, uh, verifiable. Do, uh, should we uh, say what liminal means? I guess. Because um, I don't know. All right. Uh, <laughs> Isn't it like uh, if it's like the bound, the border or the boundary or something? So the definition of liminal, yes, I'm totally bringing it up right now. Um, oh, on both sides of a boundary or threshold. Occupying. A transitional or yeah. initial state of a process. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. A, a space in between the spaces. That actually... Yeah. I okay. So I'm obsessed with the concept of liminal spaces, the the imagery that's associated with it. I'm also uh I really like the idea of um abandoned places, um yeah. places places that um uh, particularly America, like consumerist America has left behind and kind of moved past. Um and so I'm part of Yeah, a we bunch got of, lots of them. Yeah, I'm part of a bunch of Facebook groups and, and several subreddits that um, have liminal spaces imagery and abandoned imagery. Um, probably one of my favorite ones is Urbex, um, Urban Exploration, where um, these folks will go into... Because it's like, no matter where you go um, in, a, in suburban or urban America, you'll end up eventually running into some sort of huge building or set of huge buildings that no longer serves a purpose right um and it's been locked yeah. right but all the locks because nobody those that are the property owners of this junk building they don't really like lock the building you know they maybe they may put like a single chain lock on or something like that and then they they just kind of expect that you know nobody's going to go in well the urban Good explorers enough. yeah the urban explorers go in and they get these amazing photographs of places we left behind um one of my favorite ones that I, I ended up saving it off as a wallpaper is this great haunting image of a um, an 80s Taco Bell, which was locked and then was just preserved, oh. right? And 80s Taco Bell is all bright neon colors and, um, like, th- there's, like, an emblazoned... Um, uh, taco in the um, actual like upholstery and it's all very bright it's all light gray you know it's it's stucco um, it, and it's just so neat to me because these are these this is this imagery and an entire um, way of marketing which has been left behind as we've gone into now the the second decade of the 2000s um, there's a lot of architecture. This is, and this is another thing that I, I, I read up on recently in, in, um, it was either the late stage capitalism subreddit or it was in the, um, 
the, the the urban exploration subreddit. But one of the things that's happened over the course of the past twenty years is the Starbucksification of um, uh, um, fast food and retail commodities. And what that means is that um, uh, the um, a lot of the different fast food chain restaurants looked at the subdued colors and imagery of Starbucks and they said, we want to recreate that professional look and feel of Starbucks, but we don't want to be Starbucks. We just want to kind of kind of sort of copy their colors and we want to tone down the whole idea of being um, like a, oh, a kid's you. playground, right? We don't want to be a kid's yeah. playground anymore. In, and so instead of fire truck red right. and like neon green, they right. want it to be like salmon and yeah. beige. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and gray, a like, lot of gray. Uh, and like Panera. Right, and so if you look at one of the Panera biggest- bread, AKA bread bread. Right, if you look at McDonald's, McDonald's is the biggest example of this over the course of the past 20 years. McDonald's has almost completely finished doing a um, architectural revamp of all of their buildings so that all of their buildings now are variations of light gray and dark gray they've kept the golden arches but everything now is these moderate shades of gray where they're they're taking a they, they tried to visually take a page from starbucks's book but at the same time it's like this is a company that for the past 50 years from like the 1950s oh, to like the 2000s 70. has yeah has, has 70 um, at this point well right now 70 but but at least up to the early to mid 2000s. Oh yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. They were banking their entire image on happy, fun, silly Ronald McDonald the clown. There was a brief period of time where they were marketing themselves almost like as a fast food alternative to Sesame Street. They had an entire cast of characters. It was all yeah. rainbow colors, right? So, what? Yeah, I interesting... mean, just go ahead. I I still work. You know, one of one of the guys at my office is named Grimace. <laughs> that's right yeah and he uh, didn't he he was kind of run out of work um uh at mcdonald's and he had to pick up a uh, a mid-level uh, accounts receivable job right yeah yeah mm. his uh his email signature still says robble robble yeah even i mean everyone knows that's the wrong character but he still right. says it yep. it's just such a it was like the Seinfeld of yeah. the friends of right. fast food. Everyone just went around quoting it all the time. That's why, you know what, now that explains why... Um, you don't see a lot of quotable fast food restaurants no, these days. Yeah. That explains... It's, so, it's much more subdued. That explains why when, whenever... Because I know he occasionally forwards me these um, uh, kind of mild, subdued, uh, right-wing ideology, soft libertarian, um, forwardable memes very grandpa meme style stuff, but his email address, his email address is grimace at mcdonalds.com. And I now remember why it's because he said that he still gets his pension as long as he shows up occasionally for a commercial every once in a while. So, you know, right, right, right. Nothing can stop him though. Nothing can stop him, but yet he no. proceeds. He, 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 uh, persists and, and God that bless is absolutely you true. grimace wherever you are. Um, but yeah, when you find, these images of old, uh, like 90s, 2000s era McDonald's or of um, 90s, 2000s era Taco Bell, it is from an era where the idea was to make uh, the fast food chains um, visually exciting from the side of the road. 
Um, and it was a design iconography that existed uh, at least for almost 20 years, at, at least for our childhood, maybe 30 years, right? Because it was like from yeah. the late 70s. Like, I, I remember it was like E.T., Star Wars, Star Trek The Motion Picture, uh, Transformers, right. um, uh, the Smurfs, um, the Care Bears. They all had, anytime that they did a movie, they would have a promotional tie-in event with McDonald's and, and every commercial, all of oh, the yeah. Happy Meals, they were all brightly colored and rainbow colored. But now, yeah. if you go into a McDonald's, it's all, it, 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 it looks like a Starbucks. And, yeah, and the Happy Meals come with a wireless keyboard, right? A exactly. Bluetooth keyboard. It's right. it's just not the same. Right, right. And and you know, I know the promotional tie-in toy is occasionally the little the little gray book of Steve Jobs. You know, so that the children can go home and <laughs> the repeat little the doctrine. Gray book. Yeah, and they can go home and repeat the doctrine. You know, tiny commodified technology must be thrown away. Disposable right to repair must be taken away from the American citizen. You know, all of the tenets of the Steve Jobs Little Gray Book. That's funny. Thanks. I appreciate it. I worked hard on um, that one. Uh, no, it's not, it's not true. Um, <laughs> anyway, the reason that I, I find that stuff fascinating is because... Oh, but yeah, you were saying the, uh, the roadside appeal. Yeah, and it's like a generational thing, like you're saying, because, you know, when it started out, not just the fast food joints, but everybody you know, diners and stuff, you know, they had the, you look at photos from the fifties and sixties and it's all that like space age. Yeah. Uh, look, you right. know, the, the, you know, rockets and stars and lightning and, you know, everything is very exciting and, right. uh, you, uh, shiny and metal and, and, and neat. And, and then lots um, of neon, just neon everywhere lots of because neon. the whole idea was to get the customer off the side of the highway or off the highway to, to, you know, come drive in and check out this brightly lit neon thing in the night. Yeah. And then, uh, once we got to the moon and found <laughs> out, Oh, it's, it's actually really boring. It's just a bunch of gray rocks. Then, uh, uh, everyone stopped caring. And so they went, well, uh, how about these cheap cartoons <laughs> yeah, from, Canada, <laughs> from Deke? Right. Or, uh, <laughs> The ones uh, animated uh, at twelve frames per second in South Korea. Right. <laughs> let's right. Uh, let's make some toys out of these. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you get all your uh, your highlighter colors. My uh, my my daughter, uh, I think she was uh, seventh or eighth grade. Uh, she said one of her f her or one of her friends uh, said that this kid was dressed. This kid was dressed like a highlighter. I was like, what are you talking about? And then I looked and I was like, oh my God, that is the meanest burn I've ever heard in my life. Because, yeah, That's the like funny. fluorescent. You know, if you think of like, you know, 1993 or whatever. The, right. The day glow uh, color scheme right. that was uh, all of creation. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was like the starter jackets were all those colors, too. Everybody uh, yeah, had a starter yeah. jacket and they were. I definitely had a, uh, a windbreaker in like mm -hmm. fourth grade or whatever. That was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was definitely dressed like a highlighter, as as apparently the kids say. Let's also look back at the fact that uh, a, a staple of 80s fashion was named after a fart. 
the windbreaker. It's like, okay, you know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, if you want to name it that, no one's going to stop you. Um, See, I, that's, uh, that, that should have been like a brown corduroy or something. <laughs> yeah, right. I like it's your brown corduroy jacket there. It. Thanks, it's a windbreaker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I saw, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you know, it's it's brown. It has lines in it. It's it's the color of refried beans. It's right. uh, yeah, that would work. It's got that vaguely satin smell where, you know, the mm-hmm. leather has been used for one too many hours um, or days, maybe months. Um, OK, uh, motion passed. That's anyway, what windbreakers are now, everybody. True and correct. Update your dictionaries. Right. H.R. five sixty two has passed uh, through the House and will now move on to the Senate for a deciding vote. Um, so the cool thing about these abandoned places is that occasionally you find them and and they have this they have this whole um, uh, ambience of an era that was left behind commercially, but that we remember, and so. It's, I enjoy it because it, it triggers, you know, kind of soft nostalgia um, while at the same time kind of being a, a neat reflection of how fast we abandon these places. And that's why I think, like, I, I really love the abandoned stuff for that reason, because especially the malls, like I um, one of the one of the most uh, harrowing ones that I thought was really wild was and I didn't know this until recently um there was a template for malls that got used um, through the uh, 70s and 80s, which was called the cathedral design, which is like they designed the malls basically in the shape of a giant cross. And they reused that, that it was a three-story mall oh, sure. in the shape of a cross. And you put And four, at each corner, you yeah. have a Sears, a Penny's, exactly. a, a Belk. Right, exactly. Right. And they reused uh, Yeah, yeah. They reused this architectural template like, you know, just stamped it like Sim City throughout the United States. And and the reason that it blew my mind is because I saw this picture of um an abandoned mall and I was like, "Oh, that's South Square Mall. That's South Square Mall down in Durham, North Carolina." And it was like the abandoned Springfield Mall in Springfield, Illinois. And I was right. like, no, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to do some digging and it's, nope, they just use this same cut, copy paste architecture and they just put it on giant flat stamps of land. And it blew right. my mind. It was like, holy shit, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's, if if you want, yeah, it, 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 the, the whole idea was uh, cookie cutter, mass right. produced, uh uh, monoculture. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to, you know, use angry philosophical right. words or sociological words, I but guess the, I don't know. The thing that's but the, the cool thing is, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, some of the early ones, um, the top, uh, before it was cathedral style, the top was typically a go kart park, so it was an <laughs> arc. It was an arc. It was an onk, an, an onk. Egyptian onk, an onk. Okay. <laughs> or, uh, or you know, maybe a dagger if it's fancy, a right. really fancy dagger. Right. Or, or but uh, then they're like, "Hey, I don't like that." You know, the whole satanic panic thing in yeah. the early '80s, late '70s. Yeah. So yeah, they switched. It. They they demolished all of those. Right. 
And uh, that was the part where they switched to um, having two slide out wings on either side that could be rapidly ejected. And that's when they went to the Dick Tog design, which is, of course, uh, the Klingon Dick Tog, the, the dagger with the two blades that uh, stick out. Um, yeah. But so, like, one of the things that, um, like, continues to actually blow happened. Uh, yes. One of the things that actually happened was. Yeah. I, I don't have a follow through for that. Um, if you don't go tell Aaron that Klingons never happened. Uh, I beg to differ. Excuse no, me. I said, <laughs> don't tell Aaron that. Well, uh, it's, uh, I, I won't. And, and it's a good thing that this good. is uh, the four, the four Aaron like Arama, because that way we don't have to tell, tell the other three. Um, what? The... <laughs> Did someone say Aaron? Who I am? No, no, I'm talking about Nora. Um, <laughs> Kermit the Gorf. Um, yeah. So, if you go to malls that are at the farthest end of um, suburban population centers uh, nowadays, the malls that are still open, one of the things that's really wild about them, in my opinion, is that the property owners have realized that they are in a losing battle. And one of the things that used to make a mall visually enticing and visually appealing was that you went to the mall and in the corners of the mall, in the liminal spaces of the mall, the transitionary spaces, they would spice it up with a little bit of art, whether it was corporate art or whether it was actual art from the local community. They would spice it up with trees, palm trees, you know, regular trees that were growing in those, um, you know, in these potted plant, you know, kind of ceramic bins, you know. They would have chunks of the mall that were designed, the liminal spaces, the transitionary areas between the stores that were designed to be visually appealing. If you go into a mall today... All of that has been stripped out. Why has it been stripped out? Because it requires maintenance. And the mall owners, oh, sure. they know that they're f- playing a losing game. Because, like, for example, Dulles Town Center Mall, um, uh, Fair Oaks Mall. Fair Oaks Mall is now a ghost town here in Northern Virginia. Mm. Dulles Town Center, half the stores are closed. Tyson's uh, still hangs on, but Tyson's only really hangs on because it's right in the middle of a population center and it's been able to kind of maintain its prestige as a mall, but there's yeah, all of these It's kind other... of a giant like macro mall. Yeah, Tyson's, for, for those that may not be familiar with Northern Virginia, Tyson's Corner... And why aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Tyson's Corner basically um, stocks all of its reputation on two ridiculously huge malls, one right next to it, uh, each other. And I can never remember which one is Tyson's 1 or Tyson's 2. I just refer to them as, one of them is the rich people's mall, and then the other one is the normal people's mall. But um, mm. even Tyson's, even even the normal people's mall, it, it looks very dead inside now. And I think it's for the same reason that, that all of these other malls have basically, but like, all the liminal spaces have been cored because they cost money to keep up. Right. And because right. the property developers have, have realized, you know, uh, I, I'm just keeping the lights on at this point. I'm paying for the electricity as rising cost of property are going up that, you know, they're 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 trimming everything. And that was like coming back to the whole concept of liminal spaces. That was that was one of the reasons that, like, I started to see it 
when we were at Fair Oaks Mall. I started to see it when we were at Dallas Town Center Mall. When I found that there was an entire community of folks out there on the internet devoted to capturing it, I was just blown away by how cool it was. Um, That's and interesting. One, one of the most yeah, humbling ones. Uh, the, yeah, go ahead. Both, uh, I was going to say the mall, there's a mall on both sides of the river uh, here in Richmond. Yeah. Uh, there's one on Midlothian Turnpike and one uh, on Parham Road. Yeah. Uh, and they're both, um, yeah, like you say, they've uh, just everyone uh, pick up their tent and left. Right. Um, and uh, it, I think they both had like, well, here's the rejuvenation plan. And, mm. you know, we'll see, you know, good luck to them. But right, you know, we'll right. see. And, uh, yeah, but, yeah, the uh, the Tyson's Corner, it, it's really like if you poured Ninja Turtle slime on a strip mall yeah. and it just exploded. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's a and great it's description. Like, <laughs> here's, here's the car dealer strip mall, and yeah. here's the, uh, you know, the department store that hasn't been around for 20 years strip mall, and here's the really exorbitantly priced stuff strip yeah. mall here's the yeah the stuff you used to get in airport airplane catalogs it really know, is yeah, sharper it's, image or it's whatever. the duty free sh- uh, uh strip mall yeah, yeah it really yeah. is it's, and, I, uh, I went there recently for a company dinner and um it, I, I remember my wife and i we walked through that mall and we just looked around and th- there were like two disassociative thoughts that went through my head the first thought was, uh, wow, they've really changed out a lot of the shops in here. And the other thought was, I could never afford any of that. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you can afford to shop? Mm-hmm. Here's something that's $6,000. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Right, right. Otherwise, you're getting it for $4 on some website right right diamonds yes. diamonds diamonds mink coat tesla dealership diamonds <laughs> yeah right yeah um but yeah so like the the cool thing about looking at the liminal spaces and, and looking at you know the fact that the the malls are starting to decay oh the one last footnote that i wanted to mention was that the wildest thing because i'd never had an opportunity i had seen all these great pictures right of um liminal spaces and abandoned places on these various subreddits. And I'll, I'll give them at the end of the, the podcast. Um, yeah, I, uh, but, I have a book that I, I bought from one of the libraries. They had their, like, used book sales, got oh, everything cool. for 50 cents or whatever. Right. Uh, abandoned Northern Virginia. Oh, neat. Oh, I'm, I'm next time I'm down there, I'm totally looking at that with you. Um, you, you can have it. It was a little disappointing, but there oh. is, a, there is a, a few pages on Lorton Prison, so that was Oh, yeah, which is now the Art Center. Yeah, I'd love to it's see It's an that. Art Center now. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, so what, what I, I was thought gonna... I had a thought. I guess I didn't. Go okay. ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, no, the, no, no. Go ahead. The, the, I had an opportunity, and it's like, obviously, one of the most horrible reasons to have this opportunity. But um, right in the middle of the COVID pandemic, when the vaccines prim- uh, first became available, um, they the Lord and Taylor that was up here in um, Dulles Town Center had been shut down for about a year and a half, two years. And they reused the space as a, uh, a mass COVID vaccine distribution facility. 
and it was incredibly surreal to me to walk into a place that I like for almost 10 years after they opened that second wing at Dulles Town Center, that Lord and Taylor was like, it was the, well, that's the fancy side of Dulles Town Center. Well, you you <laughs> right. go over there, you've got money. And they had a piano player always at the bottom of the escalator. And oh, they had weird. like a, yeah, and they had like a full. That'd be a weird job to have. Yeah, you're the piano player in the mall. Well, okay. Um, yeah. And, and they had a full saltwater fish tank over in the kids' section. I mean, it's like, it was a fancy, fancy store. And yeah. Amanda and I, my, my wife and I, we got to a point where we really enjoyed, like, <laughs> we didn't enjoy shopping there because we didn't have the money, but we loved walking through it. Um, sure, yeah. The um, To go into that exact same space and see it cored, absolutely empty, nothing but carpets and tiled floor and to see just nothing but a series of road cones and <laughs> and polite like you know airport style barricades to zigzag yeah. us through the covid vaccine distribution line you know right this way right this way stand wow, here and yeah. then get your shot and then stand here for 15 you know 10 to 15 minutes to make sure that you have no ill effects it was like amazing they, uh... and, they check you in, okay, and, uh, you know, last names A through H go to uh, ladies' coats. <laughs> right. I through L will be in men's shoes. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. G through Z, go stand next to the piano player, who's still here, actually. Who's and, still and, here, it's yeah, weird. He's yeah. like, oh, I've been so lonely. <laughs> Get me out of here! Right. Um, yeah, they locked me in. All I, you know, I'm chained to the grand for the baby grand. All I can do is, all I can do is, you know, just play piano. Um, but, but the yeah. piano player died in 2004. Ooh. Yeah. Strangely enough, died of COVID before anybody else. If only they had gotten the vaccine to that building six years prior. Man, yeah. what a tragedy that is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, so, it explains why the piano sounded like an organ. Yeah, yeah, and it was, and and occasionally the piano player would look up from it and he'd go, "And now I will play Rock Monenoff," you know. But like, he, but he didn't know. Yeah. He got the, uh, he didn't know who Rock Monenoff was, so he yeah. goes, "Do do 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 do." Yeah, but he, because yeah, he didn't. He it didn't was, know any rock mod enough, so he just played Scott Joplin rags over and over again. And and will this be this? Will this be in cash? Uh, no, it'll be card. Do 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 do. Charge. <laughs> yeah, but he's a ghost. So was, he was charge. Charge. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it was the ghost of Mister Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for running the credit card. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I got, I'm going to need another pair of shoes. <laughs> you forgot. If you're going to charge this, I'm going to need two forms of identification, Wilbur. We should stop this. This is dumb. Um, so the, the other... <laughs> Sorry, now I'm thinking of Mr. Red. I'm thinking of a horse playing piano, and it sounds terrible. Because <laughs> he has hooves instead of fingers, so it's just clomp, clomp, clomp. Right, right. <laughs> clomp, clomp. The piano starts to it's, fall apart. Um, it's like uh, 
the old far side, there's uh, two elephants in the jungle and they're, they're sitting at a piano and one says, all right, hit, just smash your hand three times here, twice here, and three times there. That's Louie Louie. <laughs> yeah. I like every bit about that, that it's making fun of Louie Louie and that it's elephants at a piano in right. the jungle. Like, where did that... All right. Know. If we're doing if we're doing far side, I, I I would bet you I've done this at least three times now on the podcast. But um, my I, I include this every time that I talk about um, uh, test engineering and proper test practices. And anybody that's out there that is uh, familiar with my slide decks where I do briefings and training, at the end of the slide deck, I always put the far slide the far side um, comic where it's. Uh, all of the bunch of other mammoths are running away, and one mammoth is upside down, completely upside down, with all of his legs up, and there's an arrow sticking out of his butt. And one of the cavemen is pointing at the arrow and looking back at the two other cavemen, and he's saying, we should write that spot down. <laughs> <laughs> and I include that in every brief about test engineering. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of the uh, the Mitch Hedberg joke where he says, I would hate to be killed by a bow and arrow. They'd see the arrow. He went that way. <laughs> um, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> He'd never catch him. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, I used to do drugs. I still do, too. Um, um, uh, <laughs> um Oh, I remember uh, what what I was going to say when I was talking about uh, the abandoned Northern Virginia book. Um, yeah. When I was in like fifth or sixth grade, um, my teacher had, I have no idea what the book was called, but it was, uh, it was pretty funny. It was sort of like if archaeologists found uh, modern stuff, like current day stuff, and it was oh, all these like black and white. It was these like black and white, you know, kind of pencil drawings that were supposed to look like photos. And one was, uh, it was a toilet and obviously all the water had long evaporated. Right. Um, and there was a little bit of toilet paper on the roll next to it. Yeah. And they said, ah, yes, this must be, uh, they, they used the paper to write down their prayers. <laughs> and then they believed that if they, if they sent it through this portal, uh, with with the holy water that it would reach their gods oh, and their prayers would be answered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a That's fun terrible. book, but um, but yeah, now we're in an age where the cultural touchstone, the commercial, I should I, the commercial touchstones, I should yeah. say, not cultural, yeah. but the commercial touchstones of uh, at least your and my childhood. Mm -hmm. um, is uh is yeah it's at that it's it's rapidly become that stage of you know a relic and yeah. you know they're like immediate you know the something closes shop and for a month it's like okay waiting for someone to move in right. and a few months go by and more stores close down and it starts to be kind of oh wow that that strip used to have more stores in it. And then, yeah. you know, a few mo a few more months go by. It's like, wow, the, I guess this neighborhood died. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, uh, 
you know, it, it's like when, when uh, a, a limb loses circulation and it just gets discolored and then dies. And, and it's like, well, okay, that's gone. Right, <laughs> and, right. But it, it happens, it can happen so quickly. Yeah, like you were saying at the beginning with the, uh, the dot-com uh, economy. Remember when they called it that? The dot-com yeah. bubble. Yeah, the dot-com <laughs> bubble. Yeah. Like 25 years ago, that was yeah. funny. Um. Not if you lost all your retirement or whatever, but uh, um, <laughs> the uh, but yeah, the uh, dot com, the uh, the online commerce uh, phenomenon taking place with brick and mortar, um, yeah, like you know you can just watch. Uh, I mean, what do they say? Like, it's something like a quarter of of jobs could just they could be automated tomorrow and right. you know we just have them because people should have jobs yeah <laughs> yeah it is frightening um, how how true that is now especially as they're starting to train ai to write simple scripts that it's yeah, like yeah. Woo, i've looked at some of that uh the the simple like you give the scripting ai a series of like i want to solve this problem and i need a specialized tool built for it and the thing just goes and does it it's like we used to keep interns to do that type of stuff it's right it's creepy it's downright I, creepy. i do appreciate the ai experts and you know they're on you know pick whatever platform you're on they're on that right one. right um who and uh one of them oh i forget her name but uh she wrote a book about it and it was called something like, uh, you have a face and I love you. Something like that. It was where she was trying to get an AI to talk like a person. And it was oh, like the nonsense gibberish that it spat out. Right. Right. But, but the, uh, if you ask an expert on AI, um, they, unless they're trying to sell you something, they will tell you that no AI is incredibly stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is exactly very right. dumb. Right. It is still a series of if-then statements. It's yeah. just an if-then tree. It's right. not learning anything. Yeah. It's just they they build more and more complex if-then. That's uh, pretty much it. Diagrams. It's the the thing is that there's no intuitive well, learning that's going on with right. the AIs but, but, as they you know, develop. Eventually, it will have the appearance of it'll be a complex. You know, it's like yeah. when you call the automated phone line and yeah. you dial two for this, and then you dial four to get that option. It's it's right. that. Right. That's exactly. But if it. you make it if you make it complex enough with enough thousands of choices, then it right. starts to look like. It can do a good enough job. Yeah, it's um, that's AI. Right, it's, it's it's good enough for an intern. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's heuristic logic versus intuition, and that's one of the biggest things that the the AI. What's experts, heuristic mean? Um, Does the, that the, mean liminal? It's it's the pattern. It's it's learning patterns and applying the learning of those patterns to creating increasingly more complex patterns of logic and thought. Um, oh. and, um, the, at least that's how it's used in the programming world. Um, and okay. that AI that's out there is just increasingly complex levels of heuristic logic. It's, there's no intuition going on. It's just that it's learning, the, the AI is learning better and better and more and more based on the just, you know, sheer volumes of human feedback that various AI platforms get, which if statement was the right one to take. 
right? Which fork in the road yeah. is the right one to take? And so it's getting really good at emulating, a, you know, a human human responses, but it's still not there in terms of actually. It's it's one of those where it's the, still a process of elimination. It's right. still dumb. Yeah. One of the things that and, I really and, like and, is that they talk about even to today, um, the Turing test. If you the Turing test. The original idea behind the Turing test was that it um, the Turing test is a test to determine whether you're uh, it's like a double blind test to determine whether you're talking with a human being or an AI. It was used right. in the 80s and the 90s, named after Turing, who came up with the idea of AI on automation. Um, and the original idea behind the Turing test was that you talk with a an AI scripting thing or, or you know, a chatbot or whatever. And then at a certain point, um you it's the Blade Runner test. Right. You determine whether the thing is human, whether the thing is a machine. However, yeah. the, the variable, the constant in the Turing test in the late 90s, early 2000s, was that it had to happen in a short period of time in order to come up with these metrics where, you know, that's oh, where you yeah, heard in the yeah, late yeah. 90s, early 2000s. Oh, yeah, scientists couldn't tell whether it was a machine or a human. It's like, no, yeah. within a like short within period of time, steps within whatever. 10 minutes, they couldn't tell, right? Yeah. But the yeah. biggest thing that the, the, the modern by AI the third folks say... Date, by the third that's date, exactly were pretty it. sure. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. After she wouldn't kiss me because she was worried about electrocuting me. No, but um, <laughs> after after a long because enough the period plug of, couldn't reach. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. I cannot kiss you because <laughs> I cannot leave the house that far. Why not? My extension cord only goes this far. Um, I mean, um, I'm agoraphobic. <laughs> question mark. Question mark. Why do you say the punctuation? Error. <laughs> Based on my analysis of human beings, I mean us. I am 90% water. <laughs> I love you. Um. <laughs> and, and of course, um, this is all heuristic logic, uh, yes. not to be confused with uh, if, if you go to the doctor and they say you have a bladder infection, that's heuristic. Heuristic logic. <laughs> Thank you. I've been waiting five minutes. <laughs> But love it. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, so the one other thing I was going to mention about liminal spaces is that after I started to get obsessed with it, and I, I was checking out these various online forums, um, one of the things that uh, I saw a handful of times was um, folks that served in in the armed forces would put up pictures of various military bases around the United States that hadn't been update had not been updated uh, either or at least sections of the base had not been updated and it makes a lot of sense as to why right it's like you know x you know the the whatever base it is gets a certain amount of funding and you know they send you know so and so private or or so and so boot camp guy around the base to clean the base and there's no you don't send an interior decorator to you know a military base and have them walk around and go well that's completely out of style we need to update that today you know that yeah. doesn't really happen you know um id second class johnson right right exactly <laughs> well that's just totally gonna clash with 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 you know corporal uh, hayes's uh, beautiful black modernist chair um are we uh are we married to Olive? <laughs> are we married to muted browns and greens? It do, turns out do we, we are. Do we love green? 
But camo, so, ugh, so retro. I saw these pictures on these various websites, but it wasn't until I went up to um, Hill Air Force Base in Utah, which is a to what Hill Hill. Oh, Air Hill. Force. I thought you yeah. said Kill Air Force. I was <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, they decided to hit the nail right on the head with the name of that one. Um, you uh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Kill, kill, death, murder. We launched the planes that destroy from this base. Couldn't you have chosen a better name? No. Um, <laughs> but the um, one of the uh, one of the receptionist uh, the the reception uh, facilities basically you know where uh, the lounge uh, before you went into a whole bunch of labs. Um, it had it had like a series of barca loungers and those solid wood veneer um comfy chairs none of which had actually been like you could tell that none of them had actually been sat in and everything was like variations of brown and green and there was shag carpet on the floor and <laughs> i remember Time asking capsule. yeah i remember asking one of the guys i was like that that room is amazing it looks like it's stuck in the 70s and he was like yeah, well, you know, we didn't see any reason to update it. They vacuum it about once every two weeks, you know, and then they send in uh, one of the guys in boot camp to, you know, dust it, and, you know, we just haven't had any reason to change it. Nobody sits That's in there. That's funny. And it's a, it yeah. was like a devoted liminal space, and it was like one of those where I was so excited to finally see one in person and, and to capture that feeling. And it totally, it feels like you're walking into a movie set. It feels like you're walking into a time capsule. It's It was yeah. like surreal. It gave me, it I gave guess, me the tinglys. I loved it. I guess we should have said like fifty minutes ago what we mean by liminal space, meaning it's it it, it it's like a, a three dimensional throwback. A, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, a a true life relic. Right, uh, right. Uh, yeah, an architectural, it's, an archaeological, architectological. Uh, I'm going to let you finish that. <laughs> yeah. About it's, exhibit? It's, it's as a limit. Well, that's the cool thing is that if the, if the, and if it's the all accidental. Yeah. If the definition of lim liminal is the transitionary period between two states, then a liminal space really in terms of the way that people define it on the internet these days is, is kind of a double meaning of it's a transitionary location, like a lounge or the corner of the mall where they pulled all the trees out and it's yeah. and it's also a liminal space in that it's the transition between the past and the present. It kind of ends up having yeah. dual meaning, um, and that's where it kind of hinges with the abandoned stuff. But I, I yeah, dig that yeah, stuff yeah. so much. I, I just like because we don't need it. Modern corporate America doesn't need it anymore. They've left it behind, but yet the buildings persist. They're still there. Um, yeah, it's it's odd how you know if you think of. The architecture of commerce. Yeah. It went, you know, for millennia, it was, well, there's a person's, you know, house and, or hut or whatever, or tent. Yeah. Uh, and may, and they, maybe they sit out front and sell their thing, that whatever right. they make. Right. And then... For like, you know, for a, a, a few hundred years, you would have a separate building where you would go to 
to have your store or the store that belongs to a person and you work for them. Right. Uh, or the, you know, the, the manufacturing plant or whatever. Um, but, uh, uh, and, uh, but yeah, and then you had all, that all got consolidated into strip malls and shopping malls and yeah. department stores. And now it's, uh, oh yeah, well now we're kind of done with that. Yeah. I mean the, you know, the the shopping mall nearest me still is overflowing in the parking lot every weekend. Right. But, um, but the other one's not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, it's definitely there. Yeah. People still like looking and touching a thing before they buy it. But right. uh, a lot of it is just like, yeah, no, we don't, we don't do that anymore. Right. Don't and the, it. the sheer volume of people like, the primary method of doing commerce in that way has shifted, right, to people buying online and, and people just, you know, getting their stuff delivered to them. And so as yeah. a result, the volume of or people the, like, that move know, through those spaces has dropped. Right. Or, I mean, like, probably a third of our friends have an Etsy shop or, right. or you know, their own website where they, or they sell stuff on Facebook Marketplace or something. Right. Where it's like, oh, yes, you know, Venmo me. 20 yeah. bucks and I'll give you this thing that I make. Right. When right. I'm, you know, when I'm watching TV, I'm, I'm sewing this or right. I'm punching these out of the yeah. puncher, whatever. I don't know. Actually, I don't and make anything. So the, the one thing, <laughs> I the don't one, make things. The, the one I'm thing, useless. The one thing I will like kind of hinge, uh, the whole concept of the liminal spaces and the abandoned stuff on is that yeah. it actually, um, it kicked off its own little subcorner genre of horror, which I think is really cool. And I'm, I'm going to talk about that for just a second here. Which oh, is, um, like uh, Five back, Nights at Freddy's? Yeah, The Backrooms. The idea of a perpetual... Really? So, The Backrooms is um, the... It's this horror concept. And I, I think there have been a handful of either streaming TV shows. I don't think there's been any movies that have popularized on it. But it's a genre of internet horror where it's the idea of you take that one wrong turn in a liminal space or in, a, or in an abandoned mall and you get stuck in a space that feels vaguely mall-like forever, <laughs> right? It's the idea of oh. like, it's the idea of combined, uh, combine an abandoned mall with an escape room that you can never get out of. And uh, <laughs> it's that feeling that you get that, that you that you would get as a kid where it's like, Mom, Mom, I don't know where my mom is. I've lost my mom at right. the mall. But imagine that right. multiplied times a thousand as an adult. Like I can't oh, no I, how do, where's this hallway end? I, I just turned this hallway and now I'm in another hallway and, and I walked <laughs> into this room and there's there's coat racks in here, but but now I've walked out and I'm in another hallway. It's it's really awesome for like it's that vaguely disconcerted feeling of um, I don't know how to get out of here, and um, so that's that's the that's the other one that I really dig, and and so I guess I'm at the point where I'm I'm gonna throw a bunch of subreddits out. Um, if anybody uses Reddit, this is uh, these are the ones that I really like. So before you do that, yeah. can I just uh, you know they they uh, what do they call it microfiction? Microfiction, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the micro fiction 
version of uh, the bathroom horror story. Yeah. Is uh, only stall, wet seat. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> yeah. That's it. No, no TP to wipe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So go. So join me in the coolness. Um. You can find these groups. On Reddit, on Twitter, on Mastodon. There's some on Facebook as well. Um, search for the following uh, 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 keywords. Uh, and it's all just it's all just photographs. It's all just pictures, um, which is... I just really love kind of uh, these mindless scrolling and living in this vibe, in this, in this general feel. There's liminal space, L-I-M-I-N-A-L-S-P-A-C-E, is one of the subreddits. Um, the other one is, um, it's silly. It's abandoned porn. It's, uh, part of the safe for work porn network, which is just amazing background images, uh, from around the world. And it's just abandoned (laughs) past tense porn. Um, and then there is the back rooms. Um, and, uh, the back rooms is just, uh, it's it's just the backrooms, and I think there's another one which is just backrooms. Oh, where? Yeah, and then there's I also. I thought you were back saying rooms. bathrooms. No, back B A C K. Right. Not B A T H. Right. No, the okay. back. The I blame back my. Uh, I blame my headphones. No, it's all right. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's okay. It, the the feeling of a location that you stumbled into as you tried to get out of the mall and now you have no idea how to get out of it. Um, those are, those are fun. And then if you search for those on Facebook, on Twitter, wherever they exist as hashtags and they are just amazing pictures. They, they are, they're really fun photos um, that just people collect as they go through um, their, their day through their world and they find locations that just feel like they've been left behind. Um, I, I really I, dig that whole image. Can I make a suggestion to culture at large? Sure. Um, hi, humanity. It's me, Dan. Um, if if they start uh, a similar um, fascination, you know, like subreddits and and uh, groups on whatever social media. Uh, if in the digital world as opposed to the physical world of like, oh, well, you know, I was clicking around a website and then I got to this thing that looks like it's from 1997. Um, instead of liminal spaces, could we call that uh, liminal underscores? Liminal underscores. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Um, Excellent. All right. Well, that's that's uh, that's kind glad of glad I can save the world. You have come once again with my cultural contributions. You have contributed. Hooray! Um, hooray! All right. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I um, it's really groovy. I, I like that whole concept. Um, bowling alleys are another one that I think is really fascinating. Abandoned bowling alleys. Um, I'm just scrolling through at this point and looking at the various ones. They're great, though. I think they're super cool. Anyway, I don't, cool. Have, I don't have anything more. Abandoned spaces, liminal spaces, the whole concept of the back rooms. Places that 
feel like they are a byproduct of the uh, America that we grew up on, grew up in, but have been left behind because no one else needs that location or that corner of the world anymore. And so, you know, who's going to do anything with it? Well, who knows? You know, that's yeah. it. Yeah, let's say it's interesting and not depressing. <laughs> da, da, da. Little a column A, little a column B. Yeah. So anyway, um, I ain't got anything else. Should we sing the theme song? Uh, yes, obviously. Yes. One, two, three, go. <laughs> 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 Next stop. And the shadow shadow shadow.